Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include Hope in the Mortgage Industry, My Interview with OptiFunder CRO John Rotilla on the Importance of a Warehouse Management System, and the Latest Jobless Claims. It really is the hope that kills you. That phrase, which was coined by English football fans and is probably more well-known in America among Ted Lasso watchers, is now extending to the mortgage industry. After dozens of lawsuits and years of litigation, in the case of Collins v. Yellen, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac shareholders are about to get their first actual trial next month when Fair Home Funds versus the Federal Housing Finance Agency and several related cases come before a U.S. jury in a U.S. district court. Earlier this week, there were hopes that inflation would come in weaker than expected, meaning the Fed could eventually ease up on its quantitative tightening cycle. The CPI print rising 8.3% year-over-year in August forced markets to price in more rate hikes to already worry some policy expectations, which will further push up borrowing costs and push down prospects for avoiding a recession. Mortgage companies are hoping borrower demand returns toward more normal levels. Borrowers are hoping rates come down, but... Is that possible without the Fed over-tightening monetary policy and sending the economy into a recession? Yesterday was the last day of MBS purchases by the Federal Reserve for the foreseeable future as the central bank speeds up the pace at which it winds down its balance sheet, which stands at almost $9 trillion. The move is causing stress to bond market liquidity as gaps between prices at which traders buy and sell widen and as prices swing wildly. Our business continues to change. The latest example being Rushmore exiting correspondent. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome to the show CRO of OptFunder, John Rotilla. As Chief Revenue Officer, John is responsible for revenue and relationships, ensuring the mortgage industry realizes the full value of OptiFunder's intelligent warehouse lending, decisioning, and automation platform. He's also focused on making sure clients play a key role in the evolution of OptiFunder and get the most benefit possible from the platform. Previously, John held leadership roles at several firms, including Altasource, as Vice President in Real Estate Solutions Sales, which included technology, operations fulfillment, risk management solutions, and the Lenders One Mortgage Cooperative Groups. You've introduced a new concept to the industry. Can you tell our listeners what a warehouse management system is? Yeah, so a warehouse management system is a platform that brings uh, warehouse lenders, all of their terms uh, that they have with their lenders online. So lenders, independent mortgage bankers can make better allocation decisions on where to send each individual loan. That was the genesis of of the system. It was started by our our CEO and founder, Mike McFadden, who was the previous CFO of a large independent mortgage banker. And he recognized the challenge of keeping straight all of those terms, the constraints, the capacity limits, the product limitations, curtailment schedules, and everything that you have with dealing with multiple warehouse lenders. And then also kind of coupling that with a dynamic pipeline that's moving uh, on a regular basis. And then boiling that down to each individual alone, where should it be placed? And that decision-making process is, is quite complex. So in taking all the terms from the warehouse bankers and bringing it online and running it through an optimization model that he developed with some local uh, professors, uh, experts in data science, coming up with an optimization model, he determined there's a better way to manage the cost of capital. So running it through our optimization engine will help you achieve the, achieve the lowest cost of capital, 
uh, help you manage the return on equity and your own money, and frankly, help you manage uh, the allocation percentages that maybe you put out there. There's oftentimes where a lender will say, you know, I want uh, a certain percent to go to warehouse A or a certain percent to go to warehouse B. And we can manage that in the system as well. We don't want to take relationship out of the equation. But what we will do is tell you of that 20%, here are the best loans to send to fulfill that uh, percentage. So it started as a decisioning engine uh, to help manage the cost of capital. And it morphed into something much larger with clients asking us if we could help automate specifically the funding requests. If we're showing a warehouse lender where to fund a loan on screen, the next question was, well, can you set it up so with a button you can click and it creates uh, the funding requests that go out to the warehouse banks? And we've done that. And it's continued on through that process. So from funding to shipping to collateral tracking and purchase advice, retrieval, reconciliation, and writing all of this back to the LOS, we've created an end-to-end system. Uh, and you can think of it primarily as where an LOS system typically uh, leaves off, uh, we pick up and eliminate all the manual tasks involved in getting a loan through uh, in, until you're buying down the line at the end of the day once the transaction is completely over. And it starts with the allocation decision. Where should you send your loan for funding? And then let's automate the funding, the collateral tracking, and the purchase advice reconciliation once it's sold off to the investor. And then let's help you pay down that line as well. And then we start the process all over again. So that's that's what a warehouse management system does. It's a platform to help make the decision and then automate the rest of the tasks. And maybe I should say for the sake of full disclosure, I was actually a direct report of Mike McFadden at, at one point in time. Very smart guy. I enjoyed working for him. When it comes to this year in the mortgage industry, it's been, you know, changes afoot and and not always in the best ways for uh, originators out there. But I think your your platform has has taken on more importance as a result. So, what trends are you seeing this year that play into funding decisions, processes, and secondary transactions, and and also improve the importance of your warehouse management platform? Yeah, it's interesting. I always look at uh, certain solutions and see how they hold up, hold up when the variables around it change, right? So you look at look at the market we're in today. It's drastically different than the market a year ago. And if you think of the operations of a shop and even the secondary marketing of a shop, it's the thought process you know, a year or so ago was, how do we squeeze out one more loan? How do we not let operational constraints stop us from uh, chasing more revenue? Because the volume was there. Volume was there, rates were low, margins were great. So operational costs weren't necessarily the concern. It was really, how do we push more loans through what we have today? And so in our system, helping manage those uh, capacity limits and smoothing that out and achieving the best cost of capital was great during that time period. People really needed that. It helped manage those issues with warehouse lenders, less calls to the warehouse lenders, asking for bumps, et cetera. Um, we helped smooth that out for a lot of folks. So switch to today's market where you've got margin issues and volume issues and overhead issues, and you're looking at your best ways to just stay in the black on loans. You look at our our decisioning engine where we typically save uh, an independent mortgage banker about 10% in warehouse cost. And if you look at what uh, was put out uh, about Q2, the average typical lender lost about $82 a loan 
just using our decision engine uh, for the independent mortgage banker, we would have brought all of those loans back into the black. So the value proposition for us in you know high volume market is certainly there, but in today's market, you know with the decisioning engine that we have, helping you manage your cost of capital, which is amazingly important, and then the operational pickup you have by automating uh, the funding request, the shipping, collateral tracking, and purchase advice eliminates a lot of time. Uh, so you can do a lot more things faster. It's scalable. You can reallocate some of your resources. You can move FTE over to do uh, higher and better use tasks. Let us do the repetitive tasks for you. So you can save a lot of money operationally. And then you can save about 10% on your interest expense. So, you know, great market, declining market. The value is there with what you're doing with us. And when it comes to the actual market changes, What's the impact that's had on your perspective and and your business? The market impact today with volumes decreasing dramatically, you know, people are looking at how do we achieve more with less? So if you think of the revenue and expense equation, whereas previously it was chasing a lot of revenue, the expense side will take care of itself. Now the revenue is just not there. The loan volume is not there. So people are more focused on the expense side. So you look at it in a couple of different ways. You can look at your execution and see if there's some pickup there. And then you have to start looking operationally and seeing if you're as streamlined as you possibly can be. So as I mentioned, we, we address both sides of those of, of that equation. So we can help reduce the expense, but just looking at the optimization side of things that we do, even if you didn't change anything operationally, we can deliver about two or three basis points of pickup in your execution just by managing your cost of funds which is amazingly important right now and allows, you know, CFOs, the treasury group to better manage their balance sheet, right? So if we're moving loans through faster, dwell time is reduced, costs are reduced. You can do a lot more with less today than you could previously. And I want to talk about AI and machine learning because those are kind of the, the hot buzzwords right now. And I think that's where the industry is headed. How are those two things, AI and machine learning, utilized in today's technology? Yeah, it's interesting. When I was pondering this question, I, I, I thought back to you know, a, a meeting I had with some folks, uh, at, and I'll give them some credit, at, at Quicken Loans, and this is probably about 20 years ago. And one of the, the conversation, one of the question was, why are we generating so much paper? So I was in a correspondent lending capacity at the time, and we were talking about some workflows and some of the things that we need. And that was the question that popped up. Why do we need so much paper? It seems redundant that we're doing X, Y, and Z. And why do you need all these things? So, you know, those guys clearly ahead of their time. I think it all worked out for them. I think they addressed that question fairly well. Uh, But you look at what AI and tech has done to the business. We've reduced a lot of paper and cycle times, and that drives a lot of costs out of the business. A lot of the costs in what we do is a lot of regulatory expense and making sure we're crossing our T's and dotting our I's. So any lift in technology is great. I also look at you know technology and, and how we're dealing with it in mortgage lending today, almost in the same light of how we viewed outsourcing uh, many many years ago, taking tasks and shipping them offshore to receive the you know the labor cost savings. Um, that was a big deal. That came with some challenges, some pickup, and everything else you want to think about. But it was a, a change in philosophy. I look at technology now as the next step in that. So, you know, one was just let's address the labor cost. And now, two, we're talking about 
let's address the efficiency and just the cost in general overall. We can replace it with technology. Let technology do the repetitive uh, tasks involved in the process. Let technology handle uh, all of the things that uh, can be automated and let people manage by exception or manage the higher level requirements of decisioning of certain things. It's done great things for our, our business. Well, think of all the things that we can do with uh, technology and underwriting loans with DU and LP uh, prior to that and where we are today. And then look at all of the things we can do with OCR and reading of data off of paperwork. So the next step will be just to eliminate the paperwork and let's go fully, fully digital. So I look forward to that. Yeah, let's dig into mortgage tech trends a little further. What technology out there besides your warehouse management system do you see as game-changing for the industry and why? Yeah, when I look at what's what's on the horizon and some of the things that we're still working through as an industry, I think, you know, true uh, digital e-mortgage transactions is certainly one of them. And the adoption rate has been slow for various reasons, but I think everybody sees the light that that's the direction we're going. Um, it creates faster transactions for lenders and borrowers. It's certainly more convenient. And, and this clearly will eliminate uh, a lot of the paper that uh, that we're using today and a lot of the errors. Uh, you know, for us, I look at that and in, in, in look at the transfer of collateral and how that impacts kind of what we do in our space. How quickly can we move loans through the system and the roles that uh, warehouse providers and doc custodians play in that and how we as a, uh, a warehouse management system uh, play a role in that. I think that's going to be a bit of a game changer in how quickly things move through that funding process. So that'll be pretty exciting. The, the next one beyond that, which I'm still trying to wrap my head around, like uh, a lot of others have read some reports where, you know, 40 to 50% are a little fuzzy about blockchain technology and how that plays a role. I probably certainly fit into that camp. I know uh, a few people in the business that uh, know this very, very well. Um, and they've taken a run and explained it to me a few times, but I find that a little challenging. But what I do understand it uh, about it it clearly will speed the process up tremendously. So you're not just taking a process today and making it digital like an e-mortgage. You're actually changing the entire process and how people interact uh, within the process itself to, to approve loans and uh, transfer title and funds. And uh, this will take the process down to, to days. So I'm really excited to see how that uh, progresses as well. So those two, from a tech perspective, you know, in our industry, I think are amazingly exciting. So I'm really interested to see how that plays out. The blockchain argument is big for data integrity when you're talking about all the different data points that go into a loan file and being able to to transfer that along the blockchain to, to different parties involved in the transaction. So I agree with you there. I want to close by talking about CFO tech, which is emerging as a bigger portion of tech solutions in the mortgage industry. What tips can they employ when evaluating a solution? Yeah, I think that's critically important and oftentimes not a view that many have around technology and where it fits into the C-suite. But first and foremost, uh, data security, uh, you know, always make sure that whoever you're looking at has the latest safeguards and architecture in place. That's that's critical. It allows for expansion over time and it, and it shouldn't become stale. Um, but from the CFO's perspective, they, they certainly need the right data to make good decisions. And, and I would suggest that the finance group should have an ownership stake in that data model. Uh, typically that's not uh, where that resides, but you know, 
the CFO needs to bring in data from multiple streams, right? Uh, as accurately and quickly as possible in near real time. And that would be from warehouse lender partners, uh, investors tied in with the LOS to bring that together in some sort of actionable uh, reporting that plays out. Uh, I'd also suggest, you know, look at, you can look at internal solutions and building it out uh, internally, but, you know, that, that's not typically the expertise of, uh, of a lender shop, an independent mortgage banker specifically. You know, complex technology is typically developed, you know, with data scientists, et cetera, over typically in years of, you know, focused development. So that's not easily replicatable within a, a lender shop, nor do they want to devote entire resources for that amount of time to, to build these things out. It's quite expensive. You know, and if you look at third-party solutions as well, the cost of that solution, it's shared across a client base. So there's some efficiency, pricing efficiency that third-party lenders can provide, as well as just the support, uh, the future enhancements, the build-outs, the, 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 the debugging, and everything else that's associated with technology. Let somebody else handle that for you. Otherwise, you can be bogged down with trying to solve problems that maybe you're not equipped to handle. So partner with those types of innovative uh, solution providers, uh, you know, that are always looking at the market from a tech perspective in, you know, developing solutions that are scalable, uh, can be implemented in phases so you can pick and choose what you want. And probably one of the other things that I would see, and it probably applies to more than just the CFO suite, but others is take a look at folks that are offering a full spectrum platform that you can pick and choose the products and solutions that you want because those solutions will play together well. You don't want to piecemeal together a solution end to end using disparate systems. Uh, that sometimes can create its own connectivity and communication challenges, let alone just the philosophical differences that min many different providers take on what they're developing for the future. So if you can find an all-in-one, uh, you know, you're probably better, better off. It's going to be a little bit smoother. And let the tech provider handle all the back office support and challenges and coding and everything else. And I would say let you know, the lender and the CFO do what they do best. And that's managing the business, doing more loans, and then keep an eye on the financials. Excellent points. John, thanks for coming on and talking to me today. I really enjoyed that. Hey, thanks, Rob. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. There was less volatility in the bond markets yesterday than what we have experienced recently with the producer price index data coming in as expected. A welcome respite for capital markets folk. Inflation worldwide has been driven by supply chain bottlenecks in the aftermath of the COVID pandemic and Russia's invasion in Ukraine, which has caused food and energy prices to surge. We learned yesterday that inflation at the wholesale level fell 0.1% month over month, but rose 8.7% year over year. The decline was driven primarily by a big decrease in energy prices. Encouragingly enough, the monthly core numbers, excluding food, energy, and trade services, are on a downtrend over the past year. Will this influence the Fed's path next week? Likely, no. The Fed Fund's futures now see a 70% chance of a 75 basis point hike and a 30% chance of a 100 basis point hike at its monetary policy meeting later this month. The fastest pace of monetary tightening since policymakers began using the benchmark Fed Fund's rate as the principal policy tool in the early 1990s. Despite the broad market expectations for further 75 basis point hikes, the Fed will eventually likely pivot away from its hawkish trajectory in three stages as the disconnect between wealthy investors and institutions and the real economy widens. 
At some point in the future, the Fed will reduce the pace of its rate hikes to 50 basis points, then adopt a neutral policy before reversing course and becoming accommodative through cuts to rates or increasing the size of its book again. The overwhelming amount of economic data being released today started with initial jobless claims in at 213,000 and August import and export prices down 1% and 1.6% respectively. Later this morning brings September Empire State Manufacturing, the September Philadelphia Fed Survey, August industrial production and capacity utilization, and July business inventories. We begin the day with agency MBS prices down a quarter and the 10-year yielding 3.44% after closing yesterday at 3.41%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. I lost three fingers on my right hand, so I asked my doctor if I would still be able to write with it. The doctor said, maybe, but I wouldn't count on it. Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus, the homeownership platform that unites the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into one seamless end-to-end solution that spans engagement, origination, closing, and business intelligence. To learn more about Simple Nexus and Encino Company, visit simplenexus.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.